Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Impossible Until Possible podcast with myself, Ryan Luke. And today I am honoured to join one of my clubhouse buddies, Anthony Davies, all the way from the Welsh coast. Anthony, how are you? Yeah, really good, uh, Ryan, really good. And uh, enjoying the... Actually, it's quite sunny today in Wales, so uh, I'm not complaining for a change. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was all right here today, but uh, I am in the country. But uh, no, thanks for your time. I know you're you're super busy, and um, but I really wanted to get you on the show. I think um, over the last year or so, we've been chatting away on Clubhouse, and you know, hearing your story and where you've come from. And do you want to just uh, for those that haven't sort of met you or been on Clubhouse as much, just give a brief background of who you are and what you do and how you got into property. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Anthony Davis, as you say, I'm from South Wales, although I spent most of my, in fact, all my working life uh, outside of uh, Wales. So grew up in family business, uh, but uh, one of four siblings, the youngest of uh, four, uh, decided that the family business probably wasn't going to be big enough for me. So I decided to uh, start a career in accountancy. I joined a, an IT company, a large a British IT company, Qualified as an accountant, but very quickly realized once I qualified, that wasn't uh, for me. So moved into sales. Stayed in corporate life until 2007. During that, I also floated a my own company, in fact, onto the AIM stock, stock market. Didn't make a fortune, I'm uh, sorry to say, but uh, it was a great uh, great learning career. I'm always a great believer if even things go wrong, you can learn lessons from them. Um, bought my first house in '95. It was sort of a HMO in that uh, I bought a house and uh, it was a three-bedroom house in Wokingham near Reading and rented two of the rooms out. And I guess that's my first venture into property. So I was living rent-free and mortgage-free in a sense, or not mortgage-free, but the mortgage was being covered by my two tenants who were also great social friends of mine. Um, But then back in 2000, early 2000s, I had some uh, family deaths uh, close to my my father and brother, and uh, they were running the family business. And so then in 2007, I stepped into, it just worked out for timings with me. I left the corporate world, uh, which I was enjoying. You know, I know lots of people want to leave their jobs because they're not enjoying it. I actually did enjoy corporate life, but I'm, I'm not regretting moving. But back in 2007, I took over the family business, which wasn't in a great state. It was a retail business. And I decided that property was the way I wanted to go because of what property gives you. And mm-hmm. I enjoy creating things. So 2007 started that. And uh, I've been full-time property since then. So um, God knows how long that is. Uh, almost, yeah, 20, year, 20 years, I think, I've been in property or thereabouts. And uh, what's, the, what's the sort of makeup of your portfolio? I mean, I know you do do serviced accommodation. Uh, I know we've had many a chat on that. Uh, yeah. what's, what's the kind of main makeup of your portfolio? It's very mixed. So I I guess from my accountancy background, looking at a diverse strategy. So if something goes wrong, and I'd like to say it's because I, I sat down, had a plan, put the plan into action and, and executed it. But actually, it's, there's a bit of luck and fate. You know, I took over six retail shops. And so back in 2007, I closed those down. I then decided, you know, this didn't happen overnight. But one by one, I converted the, the uppers uh, into uh, residential so all of a sudden, I kept these properties. So all of a sudden, I had commercial tenants, residential, doing some um, conversion works. Um, I then decided to do some new build works. I came across an opportunity. Um, so built six new houses. That was my first entry into new build. So fairly much into the deep end. Um, and then 
I then decided about five years ago, which is five years ago now, to get into the Airbnb market. I had done some holiday lets before. Um, in the old days, uh, Ryan, which you won't remember, where you had to actually advertise your property a year in advance into a magazine, and you could, there was no dynamic price. There was no dynamic pricing then, no price labs, etc. It was that's why I set the price at last year. So God help you if you got it wrong. Um, so so I quickly opened. Uh, I opened six of those in six months, uh, converting my properties that I had, or some of the ones, not all of them by any means, uh, into Airbnb. Currently, I've got about ten of those. Um, which I'm happy with. I'm, you know, uh, we'll add to them as we go on. Um, other thing we do, as I say, some new builds. Still doing more new builds. And the other side, what was a side hustle, but it was kind of a lot more than that now, is private money borrowing and private money lending. Always to property developers uh, or investors, and also always company to company. So we're unregulated. Uh, just because it's we're not at the scale where we need to be regulated, really. So, uh, so as a whole, if I look at it, and I and I am analysing my business at the moment, it really is probably the rental market is probably around about this year. I expect it to be about forty percent of my business, uh, or thirty to forty percent. New build developments will be about forty percent, and the money lending about twenty percent of my business. So that's the rough yeah. splits. Yeah, and, and I, I kind of want to touch on the money lending because. I actually don't think I've had a guest on that does do that in a sort of family office type way. So I think uh, <laughs> we're touching on. But I know, um, you know, my 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 plans have kind of changed in my head. But I always thought I'll sell out and then I'll lend money to developers because a it sounds very easy and b I know how much you get charged as a developer <laughs> trying to fund projects. So I was like, that's got to be the easiest way to make money. I'm pretty sure you're going to tell us it's not. Um, but on paper, it sounds like, you know, if you've got money and you can lend it to developers and uh, make sure you're, you're getting it back. Because worst case scenario is they don't actually develop, which happens quite often. But you've then got the experience. You can pick up the project and finish it off. Right. And then you, you find a double win. But um, tell us a bit about the nuts and bolts of it. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. whether I'm it- off the mark or whether I'm a bit close to it. Well, in some ways, you're right. In some ways, I love it. So I'm also an ex-sales guy. So when I was in the IT world, I moved into sales. So what I love about money lending, it it ticks a couple of my 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 boxes. One is I love numbers, um, and I love selling, which you know, which is what happens when you're borrowing money off people and and then lending it. Fair chunk of the money I lend is mine, but I also do borrow to lend. Um, but there are complications. Yes, in theory, you know, we will be able to pick up a deal, particularly if it's close at hand, and and there's a couple of those where we could do them if they went wrong uh, and and build them out. But in practice, you know, that would take up a lot of our time. So we certainly don't look to do it. Um, where we I try and differentiate us is, one, the speed that we uh, provide money. When we say we'll do a deal, we'll do it. Um, we can typically do a deal within, certainly within two weeks, sometimes within days, depending on who it is, how much they're looking to borrow. Um but I think, uh, and also, we tend to go to very high loan-to-values, so even up to 100% loan-to-values. That's a bit of a, a, no, a misnomer when I say that, because what we then do is look at uh, taking a charge on some other part of the portfolio, because clearly we've got to make sure that, particularly when it's other people's monies that we're borrowing, that we're covered as well. So if the things do go wrong, which none of us want it to go wrong, but these things happen, um, that my investors are also uh, covered. But yeah, you get to meet some great people who, you know, like all of us, I think, you know, as you're building your business and, and 
property developers know different. When they finish a project, they're looking for the next project. And guess what? That's always a bigger project. So they always need money. Um, and very often, we're not the sole lender. So it's it'll probably be uh, they put in a, what I'd call a high street or the um, bridging finance from a um, one of the well-known companies. They may put some of their own funds in, but they're then short. And we're the difference to making that deal going over the getting over the line or not going over the line. And I think another differential for us is that I'm much more approachable. So it'll be me that will be talking to them rather mm-hmm. than the, the computer says, um, which, you know, we come across. I'm sure you have as well. I certainly come across even myself as experienced as I am and my assets I've got. I still go. The computer says no. Well, we don't quite understand this, which is as frustrating as anything. But uh, so, yeah, very much. And do, do you do all the underwriting yourself or have you kind of got a team or have you just got a, a nice spreadsheet that, that, that gives you all the numbers? <laughs> and it's, it's down to a nice spreadsheet, really. So, and it is, you know, I have rules. So typically I lend between 50K and 200K. And there's, there's rationale behind that. Um, you know, we also take personal guarantees. So typically most people will not go, well, the people we deal with wouldn't be going bust for that sort of money. Um, so it spreads our risk. So we've got multiple deals out there at the moment, I would say, We've probably got about 20-ish deals out there. I also break my own rules. So sometimes we'll go lower than the 50, sometimes higher. So it, it makes it a bit more difficult to put it straight through a spreadsheet. Um, but, um, yeah, I do all the underwriting. I get to know the people that we're lending. I'm lending to um, and, and go from there. A lot of the deals, yes, it's from people who know me. Some of it's from Clubhouse, but it'll be some of the solicitors I deal with and some of the brokers, believe it or not, that I deal with because they'll approach me because they know me. They know that um, the professional way we handle things and the speed, and they're looking to put a deal in place for their client, but they can't make it happen quick enough. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll step in to help them until they can get an exit strategy for them. Yeah, and what type of um, what type of deals do you see? Is it a wide range of different developments, or is it kind of a set thing? Absolute wide range. Everything from you know recently we've just been doing someone who's doing Airbnb. They're doing a rent to SA strategy um, because they've got a new co. They're um, they're having to pay six months rent up front, plus they're having to furnish it all and kit it out. So that's quite as as you can imagine. Whilst we always talk about rent to SA being a cheap strategy to get into, if you've suddenly got to pay the six months up front, plus you've got to kit it out, which is another few thousand pounds, and you're doing four, five, six of those. So that's the lower end scale. To um, HMOs to uh, so I've done a HMO recent well, a couple up Derby and, and Leicester way. We've got a seven bed house where uh, providing development funding on that will be a million pounds once it's finished uh, with an indoor swimming pool etc. That's helping someone finish that. Um, so a whole any we'll look at anything which is property related. And the reason why we look at property related is that there's there's always an exit strategy. So at the end of the at the end of this you are going to either remortgage it or you're going to sell it. Um, so it gives us a very definitive uh, timescale. I do get approached with people wanting to do other things. We'll look at them occasionally. Um, we just, yeah, I won't get, we've, we had an interesting one last week where we get involved with someone putting his name down on a, on a new car, which you may yeah. say that's a bit interesting, but it's a very, very special car. So we're helping out on that one. But generally it's property because, you know, People have asked us about retail businesses, which I know a bit about from my background, or even opening pubs. The issue is, you know, and I know you've looked at pubs as well. If you kid out a pub, you're spending quite a lot of money on doing that. If that pub doesn't work, 
that those items are worthless and it's or, or yeah. likely to be worthless. So it's very difficult for us to guarantee or get that exit strategy. I've been involved in another company at one point in my life. I used to deal with what 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 I call IPOs, initial public offerings, so before companies get floated. And uh, I invested in a few of those, did quite well from that. But one that I did, and they were guaranteed, guaranteed we're going to float this or sell it as a trade sale. That was 21 years ago. I am still an investor with my money tied up 21 years ago. I get on really, really well with the founders, I'd like to say. And strangely enough, we've uh, we've ended up buying um, one of the assets or one of the buildings they operate from. Five of us have got together and bought that. So it's actually been quite a good deal, but by the back door, should we say. So uh, I like property and uh, like all of us, I'm sure we all get those marketing calls of people where, hey, we'll guarantee you a return of 20-odd, 30%, 40%. Uh, and as soon as you start asking about security and this, that, and the other, of course, they, they don't. There isn't anything. It's it's trading or Bitcoin or something. And I'm not against that. And I agree. I have a sort of a 10% strategy of, you know, you should play with some of your money and do things that you don't normally do. But yeah. it's got to be money you're willing to risk. Um, yeah. But this isn't money I'm looking to risk. So uh, very much uh, property-related. Interesting. So coming back to that, you, you mentioned that you've done a deal to fund someone on a rent to SA strategy. Now, um, obviously, there's no security in terms of that property because they're renting it off a landlord. Obviously, they don't have the title deed. I am assuming you're doing that based on they've got some assets elsewhere. So maybe they're asset rich, but cash poor. Would I be right in thinking? You, you wouldn't actually, but no. you, sh you should be right. You should be right. <laughs> So it is an exceptional situation. It's somebody I've got to know. It's somebody who has spent some money on themselves and they've gone through uh, training and been trained uh, by, you know, like yourself, by somebody. And um, I like where they're operating. I like the way they're operating and what they provided with is a person. So they are providing a personal guarantee, which isn't an ideal form of security in this case. But it is the lower end of lending for me, so it's it's yeah. you know it's it's sub thirty k, which again I'm breaking my own rules, but we did it at the time because uh, we're happy with the deal structure. Um, I wouldn't do many of those just because of the security side. Um, you've always got to worry what if it goes wrong. But as I say, there is a personal guarantee involved in it, um, and because it's lower stage, we'll do it. And that particular deal we turned around in three days to give you an wow. idea. Um, yeah. So we can be quite speedy, but uh, I don't want to get inundated with people asking for thirty k <laughs> and, and no personal and, and no assets, etc. But occasionally, if you if you catch me at the right time, you might get away with it <laughs> with a cheeky offer. Yeah, you know? I have a, an inbox full of messages now offloaded. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. I mean, like 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 anyone in property, it, it doesn't really matter how much money you've got; you're always going to run out, right? So absolutely. You know, you, you're talking there, you're expanding this side of your business quite well and, and it's scaling. So, you know, you've, you've got a lot of people wanting to borrow money because of the way that your business has gone. And I guess um, eventually you're probably going to run out of money. So what's kind of the game plan there? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, property, everyone who gets involved in property, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. I'm, I'm sure even the Duke of Westminster owns most of a fair chunk of West London. Um, you know, you just run out of money. Um and if you don't, well, one could argue you're not ambitious enough. So from my perspective, I've, so, you know, I'll, be, I'll be frank, my loan book at the moment is just over two million. Um, I'm putting it out that I want to get to five million by the end of the year. So I'm I'm sort of going, right, let's make it public. So it, it forces me to do it. 
The only way I can do that is by getting hold of some uh, individuals, high net worth individuals who have got money sitting there and they just don't know what to do with it. They've got no use for it. Their business is doing well, perhaps, and it's producing money. Um, the money, they've got no other alternative. They've already you know, got their houses, et cetera. Um, so we're talking with another in, a number of individuals uh, on that level. Um, I also do broker deals as well, or brokerage deals. So there's other people like myself or different uh, different criteria to me, maybe. And when we get some larger deals, so recently did a 500K deal and a 350K deal to the same person for two different development sites. Um, and that was one that I went to another group of, uh, in this case, it is a group of individuals who lend um, and, and pass that on. So we've got the ability to scale it higher. Um, but what mm-hmm. I want to do is more in control of it. Where you know we're help, you know I love helping people's problems. You know if you can imagine, there's a particular individual I'm talking to at the moment who's got a seven-figure sum um, in his pension fund offshore, and it's a bit complicated. And it's just sitting there in cash, so that money's actually going backwards. I suspect because he won't be earning much interest from that, and I suspect the the pension fund will be happily charging a, a fee on that, so he won't be going forward with it. So he's keen to to work with us, and we're just trying to work out how best to do it because there are complications when you get into these matters and you know quite rightly the pension fund is looking at their they've got to do as trustees their due diligence so it it can be complicated but it's great when you meet people who really get it and they understand why the banks aren't don't work for developers because they're just not quick um, in lending very often um, or they just won't go the whole hog which quite understandable they've got uh, they've got to manage their risks so for me it's very much you know, anyone out there might be listening. I'm happy to have conversations where we provide monthly interest and and depending on the amounts uh, lent, we'll provide security as well. Yeah, because I think we, we were, we're in this bubble of property where we just assume everybody knows that people can borrow money and get interest to like do all these like BRR deals or development deals. And, but we do forget, and I think this is, you know, where – um, I use a lot of investors now rather than the banks to fund my deals. And yeah. really, you know, by just, as you say, opening your network, speaking to the right people and just letting them know about the possibility of what you can do for their money. Because you'd be one thing I've found, um, and I've been doing this a lot less than you have, is um, you'd be surprised how many people have just got 50K lying around, 100K lying around. You know, even people that maybe you went to school with and you'd think there's no way in the world he's got any money. And then all of a sudden you start talking to him and he's like, oh yeah, I've got 70 grand just doing nothing. So that sounds really interesting. And I think um, it, it comes down to your network, right? And relationship building. It is. And, you know, I'm fortunate, you know, my one company, you know, has been a limited company since 1961. So it's my family business, not mine, but it's now totally owned by me. Um, so that helps with credibility in the area I work. A lot of people know me because you're talking about people's money, but you're absolutely right. You know, never assume who's got money. In, in fact, usually it's the other way around. Those who think have got money possibly haven't or it's not disposable. And those others who've just been grafting away, they might have been doing what you think is a an average job, but they've got a good pension fund, et cetera. But so, yeah, there's some interesting conversation. So I, I don't force it down anyone's throat. I don't agree with that. You know, people either, no. in my view, they get it or they don't. Um, but I feel I'm, you know, initially I wouldn't talk to family and friends. I don't overly, people know what I do. And I've gone out for, you know, a good friend of mine. I was out drinking with him one night and I said, oh, I've got this opportunity. I've got to lend 70,000. And we'd had a few drinks. And he said to me, uh, not a problem. He said, I'll, I'll transfer that to you tomorrow. I said, what? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. So I get up the next day and I text my friends go off to work. 
I was staying at his place and I said, uh, I text him, I said, look, do you remember the conversation? Are you serious? He goes, yeah, yeah, not a problem. Just send me your bank details. No contract, no nothing. Now, subsequently, we, we put a, we, we always put contracts in place, uh, even with good friends, because I think that's even more important, actually, uh, yeah. that you do all of that. But um, you don't know who's got it. And, you know, he's my longest investor is five years. I met with him uh, probably about four months ago now. And prior to that, I hadn't seen him for about two years. I know we've had COVID. We met in the pub. He likes a beer, so do I. And um, we were together for about an hour and a half. An hour and a bit, we just spoke about rugby, sport, and life. And at the end, we talked a bit about business. And he said, my accountant loves you. I said, really? I said, why is that? I said, my accountant doesn't. I said, so why does yours? And uh, he said, because you pay my interest every month on the same day without fail. And I said, well, well, why wouldn't I? And, you know, some people, but that's the way I operate. And I take it for granted. But uh, so, yeah, no. I think, um, you know, now I'm very open, but like, like we all should be, I think anyone listening to this, whatever business you do, if you're in the property world, if you don't tell people what you do, and I'm not great on social media and I'd like to do more of it, but, and you've got to be careful on the money lending side, but if you don't tell people that you're into Airbnb, rent to rent, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm looking for, you don't, you know, people aren't going to come to your door and, and uh, ask you, you know, to work with you or do things with you. So um, it's definitely be putting it out there and that's my plan this year to talk more about it yeah and it's, it's really interesting there you, you've hit the nail on the head about you know it's one thing to find the investors but then it's one thing to actually follow through and look after them and i think you know yeah. i'm very similar i just the minute we do a deal set up the standing orders and the money just hits every single month so you know that's then them getting that good experience getting what you said you're gonna do and then what I tend to find is when projects come to an end and I need to give them the money back, they're almost like, please keep it and just do something else with it and continue to, you know, pay the money on it. And, um, and that's a nice place to be in because I think that then forces me to be like, right, team, we need to get this money spent. Come on. Like it's sat in a bank. It's actually then eroding my profit by like paying the interest out on it. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's, there's so many ways that you can team up with people in property, which I think is great. And if you do it in the right way, um, you can, everyone wins. And that's the great yeah, thing about it. Absolutely. Whatever you're doing, you, know, you and I have talked on Clubhouse with regarding joint venturing and people say, I'm giving my profit away. And we know that. No, 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 you're not. So I'm doing a number of JVs this, this year where um, new build developments uh, up in Sutton Coalfield. Um, and again, you know, I'm getting involved doing more of the finance side. Someone's found the sites, et cetera. Well, we're both really happy about it because you know, the guys found the sites, well, he couldn't raise the finance, I could, etc. And between us, we'll end up doing more, A, we'll make money, but we'll make do more sites than we would have done if it was only on our own. Plus, you're joining those skill sets together, which, you know, as good as you are and as good as I am, I'm sure we've got some weakness, I certainly have, um, whereas that JV means if you bring in that right person, and you can have multiple JVs, of course, it's not just with one person doing multiple JVs, but doing different people doing those JVs in different areas. Um, you know, so I, I even JV with lending, you know, in a particular way. You've got, you've got to be careful how we do it. But uh, there's one particular individual who wants to jointly lend with me or use his money. And we, we look at things like that, if it makes sense uh, yeah. on that side. So, um, no, absolutely, you're right. And particularly in property, um, you, as you look to grow it and do certain aspects, you know, development, for instance, that's uh, particularly new bills can be quite complex. So, JVing on those can make a lot of sense as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. 
Great shares, Anthony. Um, I know you're a busy man, so I'm not going to keep you too long. Um, if anyone does want to get in touch with you, what's the easiest way to find you? Um, LinkedIn is good. So Anthony Davis on there or um, Anthony at 360property.xyz. And it is XYZ. Um, <laughs> I couldn't have, I, I, I've also got .co, but that confuses the hell out of people. And they're going, do you mean .com or .uk? And I go, no. So I bought .xyz. So uh, yeah, and, and it's simply A-N-T-H-O-N-Y at 360property.xyz. Um, as I say, I'm on a lot of the social medias as well. So feel free to uh, to look me up. Super. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely valuable. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure everyone that's listening has got some some great um, golden nuggets as they sell over to use and uh, hopefully try and find their own investors. Thanks, Anthony. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Hopefully catch up with you soon. Take care. Cheers. Bye now. Cheers. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast and you'd like to maybe get on a one-to-one call with myself, then you can easily put yourself in with a chance of winning that by leaving me a review and sending a screenshot, tagging me in it on Instagram at official Ryan Luke, and I will put you in the draw to potentially win that one-to-one call with myself at the end of the month.